This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome to a special bonus episode of The Bouquet Toss. Today, we are discussing COVID safety at weddings. If you're planning a wedding for 2022 and beyond, you're likely pretty exhausted by this topic, but COVID is still very much a factor that you need to consider. After all, you want to make sure that you're prioritizing the safety of all your favorite people as you gather them together to celebrate your love. We know this can be a tense topic and involve difficult conversations with loved ones, which is why we're speaking with Beth Kramer to provide her best tips and resources for prioritizing COVID safety at your wedding. Beth Kramer is a wedding planner and day of coordinator in Portland, Oregon, who's fighting the wedding industrial complex. She's the host of the podcast, The Teardown, and co-founder of Altered, a space for wedding vendors who want to change the wedding industry. And we are so excited to have her today to tackle this very tough topic. So thanks for being here, Beth. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here. So one of my favorite things about the work that I've already heard you you know, do and talk about when it comes to covid and weddings is that you're encouraging couples to make their own COVID safety policy. I think that's amazing. I think taking into account all of the different mandates, all of the different pressures, all the different opinions that there are out there, really the best thing that you can do is figure out like your own code of conduct with you and your partner and how that will govern you know the rest of your day. And so how do you go about creating a COVID policy that works for you and your partner? Oh, it's a great question. Um, so the COVID safety policy, I created it, I want to say spring 2020, but it's been around for a while. And what it pretty much is, is it is it's a worksheet. You know, you sit down between you and your partner and you talk. Uh, it's often multiple conversations and it is, if nothing else, it's a boundary setting exercise, which doesn't sound super sexy, but it's really useful. So what is on the template is every flavor of this conversation. So it often starts from a place of what is legal, because um, that can really vary, right, depending on where you live in the U.S. or where you might live internationally. And then moving into conversations about what is safe, because, again, that is often a spectrum for folks. And it has really evolved, particularly with the rollout of the vaccine here in the U.S. And so what ends up coming out of that, uh, it, really, it really varies depending on the couple. So when I say COVID safety policy, a common response from folks is, oh, my God, it's going to be like eight pages long. No one's going to read that. That's not what the exercise often results in. The exercise often results in, honestly, like two or three sentences, particularly now, particularly with the option of vaccine, which it's just something you're, you're talking about the elephant in the room, you know? And so this is the policy that couples will put on an invite, on a wedding website, on a Facebook group, on a text thread, all the ways we communicate with folks on a BCC email. And it is establishing their own boundary as the host, as the couple of this event of what their guests and importantly, what their vendors can expect when they come to this wedding in person. It is much easier to feel joy when we also feel safe. So it's facilitating those conversations of what does safety look like in the space that you're holding with the start of your marriage. With everything constantly changing though, it's hard to keep up with what like the latest mandate is in one state and you know, you may, might forget that your guests are operating in another place. And so they're used to their own things. And so 
with a timeline that's constantly moving, how do you know like when you should make that final decision? This is what we're doing and this is what we're telling everyone. How do you like figure that out? Yeah, no, another excellent question. And I'm a wedding planner, right? So I, I love me a timeline. I'll start with the question of how do we keep track of what is legal? I have other resources on my site that actually help couples and vendors. Vendors often want to know this too. How to look for this info. What are you looking for? So I have a COVID resources tab at the very top of my website. That is the full gallery. So at this point, I think it's like 35 resources. They're all free. And I have one that talks through, what do you look for when you need this information from what is legal? So that can be really useful for folks. And then I make this offer. Sometimes when I talk about this on podcasts, the hosts are always like, don't do this. It's, it's terrible. But I mean it. If you are having trouble finding this, email me. My email is all over my website. I have helped in a free capacity and in a paid consulting capacity hundreds of people at this point try and find this information. For your actual question of when do we decide, it's an excellent question. My working rule of thumb for 2020, and honestly most of this year, has been 60 days. So the reason I say 60 days is because 60 days is often when your payments start coming due. So that's when a lot of final payments, a lot of uh, final balances with your venue, with vendors, when that stuff will start rolling in. That might be earlier. Particularly now, a lot of venues and vendors have revamped their contracts. So when in doubt, check your contracts when you start owing money to people. It's, of course, much easier to get money back that you never paid to begin with. So that's why I kind of, a lot of it is hinged on the finances of a wedding. 60 days is often um, also, it's close enough to your wedding that you're going to have a pretty good sense of what the legal ground is going to look like and, and arguably what the safety ground will look like. There are exceptions to that rule, but usually 60 days is pretty solid. And it's close enough that your guests, they can still make plans, particularly travel plans, without too much heat on them. Sometimes folks will write me and say, I have a bunch of family traveling internationally or so-and-so really wants to book their hotel or they got all these airline miles that are expiring. And what I say is, well, then deal with those one-off cases. But for the vast bulk of a wedding, wedding guest, 60 days is plenty of time. So that is the hard deadline. These days, because we have the vaccine as an option to help keep each other safe, you can really have your COVID safety policy in place as soon as you send a guest-facing correspondence. So the way that that looks is if you're sending a save the date, I am of the opinion that you need to just address COVID. You don't have to have the full policy in place, but just stay a thing so that people who get that know that like you're aware of this virus, which I know sounds really stupid, but I have had so many guests write me in the last couple of years that are like, I got this thing and I'm totally spiraling. Like it's not for two years, but I haven't been in an, on an airplane. I haven't been in a hotel. I haven't been to a wedding. Like I'm really scared um, and I think it's okay, but what do you think? So just like say the thing. And I have a, um, I have a communication template that's a bit of a band-aid. So it's like, we are very aware of COVID. We are going to have a COVID safety policy in place no later than 60 days out from our wedding or insert date by a couple's choice. If you have immediate questions or concerns, please contact us this way. So it says the thing without like committing to anything. By the time you send the formal correspondence, which for many couples is an invite of some capacity, that's when I say, yes, please have your COVID safety policy. A lot of couples throw it on a wedding website, or like I said, they'll attach it as a PDF, or they'll um, put it on a Google Drive and link to that. But just have that there. That's important because at that point, with an invite, you need to set expectations with your guests. So um, a good example is more and more couples are going to, are asking for proof. Um, so moving from an honor system around vaccination to physically asking guests to provide proof of vaccine cards, either before the wedding or physically at the wedding, or sometimes both. 
So that's an expectation you need to set with guests, not because they're going to necessarily react badly. In my experience, a lot of guests actually react very positively to that, but just because they need to know. They need to know if they need to pack the thing or they upload the thing or do the thing. The only other place where you might need to have a COVID safety policy, at least in your head a little bit earlier, is when you're hiring vendors. So it's probably a bit outside the scope of this question, but I'm getting that a lot right now because more and more couples, they want to know the vaccination statuses and or the health and safety policies for the people they're contracting with. So you don't need to have a formal policy like publicly facing, but I would argue you and your partner need to know the boundary you're setting because before you sign a contract with someone, it's much easier to have these conversations before you've entered into a formal agreement. So um, short answer is 60 days can be earlier, but 60 days is kind of dropped in. Wow, you covered so much just in that one response. But a few things I want to kind of touch on, obviously, like something we talk about so much is communication is so key with this stuff. I'm curious to know, when you're putting this COVID safety policy in place, like there are obviously different flavors that this could kind of take in terms of like severity or strictness. And so what are some of the kind of options that you're seeing couples go with when it comes to putting a policy in place for their wedding? One thing I really want couples to know about this whole thing is it's not as weird as you think it might be. Like that is a common thing I hear from folks is, are we being severe? Are we too much? Um, I hear that a lot, particularly from, uh, from straight women, you know, is, am I asking too much? We could, we could sit here for three hours and unpack why we say that. But um, so I just want people to know, like, this is not weird. I am someone who is very fortunate with an asterisk because sometimes it is a lot of emotional labor. But um, I talk to people all the time in all parts of the world, all different types of weddings, all different sizes of weddings who are having these same conversations. And the universal theme is they feel very alone in them. But I have an inbox filled with people who are having the same conversations. So just please know that, that you're not alone if you're asking yourself these questions. And I think it really comes from a very beautiful place of you want to start your marriage in a place of safety and of joy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is it going to be easy? Unfortunately, no. And particularly in the U.S., a lot of the ways that we keep each other safe have become very political and just very challenging to talk about openly. And so, no, this isn't going to be easy, but it will be worth it. And I say that because my own clients and other couples who have, who have started their marriage, who've had a wedding in the past couple of years, they always write me afterwards and say, we got to a place we didn't think we were going to go because we had these tough conversations early. Um, and that means a lot to me, you know, that they got to that place of joy because they had it. This year, what I saw a lot was, it's very much in line with kind of, I think, what we, what we see in our broader culture. So for me, um, that's, that's kind of the West Coast of the U.S., maybe more broadly the rest of the U.S. And so kind of general vibe this fall was on our system. So we're going to say, hey, guests, we really, 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 really want you to be vaccinated, but we're not going to ask. We're not going to ask for proof. Come on in. So that's from like a safety. I won't talk about legal legality because that can get a little very specific to the region. But that was what I was seeing from like a safety vibe. As we move into 2022, what I'm seeing a lot and as both a person in the world and as a person who works live events regularly and has to come home to her husband and hopefully not infect him with a deadly disease uh, is people are asking for proof that this is where we're moving. And it doesn't surprise me at all because we are starting to see this at restaurants and bars. We're seeing it at sports arenas. We're seeing it 
all these different places that we interact in the world. And then from the couples to vendor point of view, so vendors are a population of folks that are often very forgotten in this conversation, which I believe that that's not because couples are stupid or evil or bad or whatever. I think it's just part of our job as service industry workers is we blend into the background and that has had some really damaging consequences for folks in the last couple of years, people who do what I do, because we're easy to forget. So I'm also seeing couples wanting to in initiate these conversations with the people they're hiring. So one way that I've gotten ahead of that is I have it on multiple places on my wedding business website that I'm fully vaccinated, my household's fully vaccinated. In the footer, I have a vaccinated vendor badge that was created by a vendor friend that if you click to it, you'll go to her website. I also, a few, uh, about a month ago, I added a question on my intake form that, that initiates this conversation. So new people coming in, people who are interested in hiring me, I ask a question around vaccination and health and safety. Um, I was really scared to do that. I was really scared of people coming at me. I was really scared of really challenging conversations. I was scared of not booking clients and so thus not being able to pay myself. But I've been really pleasantly surprised. I started that about a month ago and at I think I've had upwards of 15 leads since then, and um, all but one of them has answered the question. And the one that didn't answer the question was like a relative of the couple. So I'm just not sure if that was like a statement or if it was more of a, I don't feel like I don't know what they're doing. But the 14 other responses have been lovely and they've come in all types of flavors from we're fully vaccinated. We don't really know what to do to full paragraphs of this is everything we're doing. And we'd really like your help figuring out how to execute this on the day. So I'm seeing it kind of take new new forms, and I'm really pleasantly surprised to see that I think it's moving in a direction of more open conversation, which I think that's really the only way we can get through whatever this next bit will be. We love anything that can help make wedding planning more fun and less stressful. And that's why greenvelope.com is a game changer. With over 6,000 five-star reviews and counting, it's clear that so many people agree. Greenvelope's online wedding invitations are easy on your budget while sacrificing nothing when it comes to style or quality. They have thousands of beautiful designs for everything wedding related, from engagement announcements to save the dates, to formal wedding invitations, thank yous, and beyond. Plus, there are so many features that will simplify your wedding RSVP process too. Guests can RSVP with the click of a button so you'll know in an instant who's coming. And you can even include survey questions to ask guests about meal preferences, accommodations, and more. Greenvelope also makes communication with your guests stress-free. With their messaging center, you can keep in contact with your guest list at all times, whether you need to follow up or pivot your plans. Another thing we love is that Greenvelope ensures that your wedding invites won't just save trees but they'll help build a sustainable future through partnership with organizations like the National Forest Foundation and 1% for the Planet. So what are you waiting for? Visit greenvelope.com today. Oh, and having these conversations, like you said, it is the elephant in the room. We're all aware of it. We all know that this is happening. You know, it's one of those things where having tough conversations like builds character and builds personal like I don't know, confidence and like resilience and teamwork with your partner, you know, getting on the same page and, and putting together a policy that you both feel comfortable with. And that's going to make 
you both feel safe and joyful to your point on your wedding day and also allow your guests to feel safe and joyful as well. I'm curious to know, on top of the vaccination proof requirements, things like that, like, are you still seeing majority of events happening masked or unmasked? So in Oregon, and and folks totally understand if you don't know this, because, you know, you may not live here if you're wherever you're listening from. Um, Masks are required indoors and outdoors right now for pretty much any event. If you're eating and drinking, you can remove your mask. And if you can socially distance more than six feet, you can remove your mask. But, you know, by and large, masks are required. So that's what's legal on the ground here in Oregon. And that's been true since August of this year. I think the more complicated answer, and I've written about this quite a bit because I've grappled with it a ton, is, you know, I worked weddings this fall. I saw universally what I saw um, at the one wedding I worked in fall of 2020, which is, you know, as soon as people, usually as soon as they start drinking, particularly for drinking alcohol, the masks come off and they stay off. And it's not usually from a place of vindictiveness or, you know, anti-mask attitudes. It's from a place I think of honest forgetfulness. And we're hanging out with a lot of people we know and we like, and isn't it fun to be out in the world? And we, we just forget. I've struggled as a planner this year deciding what is my role in that. You know, I, I am masked fully at the event. I stay masked except for when I step aside to eat my dinner and, and take drinks of water. Um, I do that because it, I, I think it makes people feel safer around me as someone they often don't know. And there is a level of safety that I feel being masked. But I, I haven't known, should I be the quote unquote mask police? And this is a real topic of conversation amongst wedding vendors of is it my job now? If there's a DJ, tell the DJ to cue people. Is it my job to go up individually to people and be like, hey, 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 no, you're having fun, but could you put your mask back on? I opted not to do this at the weddings I worked because I felt like it just wasn't really my job and it exhausted me to think about it. And I never felt unsafe. I was very lucky with the groups of folks I worked with that I didn't think anyone would um, attack me over it, though I have heard those stories from my friends who work in weddings that they've had these conversations and they have... um, Harm has been inflicted on them, often verbally. I wasn't worried about that. I, I just didn't want to deal with it, to be honest with you. So I, I didn't do that. But it is, it's an interesting kind of thing to see again and again. Um, and another note is the weddings that I worked this year, because I have all these conversations with my clients around COVID, I knew because we had talked about it, because it was in their COVID safety policy, that we were talking about groups of people that were usually 90 to 95%, if not 100% fully vaccinated individuals. So all guests and often all vendors. So then it gets even more complicated, right? Because it's like, oh, we're, but we're vaccinated. Like, is that okay now? I don't know, you know? So the short answer is, in my experience, yes, people will lead with masks, but they will come off. What does that mean? I don't always know. And I will add the third caveat that if the couple wears their masks, their guests will wear their masks. I see that repeatedly. And that's true. That's always been true at weddings. You know, people follow the couple's lead in all things, which is a really hard thing to carry as the couple. It is also something I've really noticed during COVID that like, if the couple puts their mask back on when they start walking around tables, the guests will put their masks on when the couple approaches them. The brain psychology of that, I think is fascinating. But um, a lot of times couples don't, you know, and if they're vaccinated, I, I don't know. I don't know where I fall on that particular nuanced conversation, but um, that's what I've seen out in, out in the field this year. There is so much nuance to it, right? And I think another thing, you know, obviously with travel and stuff considered, 
a lot of airlines are requiring for international, I know, I'm not sure what the status is on on domestic flights within the U.S. at this point, but um, a negative COVID test within 24 hours now to enter and in, back into the United States from abroad. I think it's possible to get a free test in most states, just depending on where you go. So is that potentially like a viable option, like instead of proof of vaccination for people in cases like a wedding, do you think? Oh, yeah, totally. People have done it. Um, They definitely were doing it before the vaccine. This might be a little dated by the time the episode airs. But um, earlier this year, if there were kids who were coming to the wedding, so kids under 12 who couldn't, who like literally could not get vaccinated yet. The kind of my metric for folks is, are these people who need to be at your wedding in person for it to feel like your wedding? And in some cases, children, those are the people, either because they're the couple's own children or one partner's children or, you know, relatives, whoever it is. Um, And so one way that that some couples, not all, but some couples chose to add extra protection for those children who were there in person was to ask for testing. I think some folks do it, even if we're talking fully vaccinated adults, I think it gives a level of comfort for a lot of folks that I'm not I'm not going to say yes or no, like totally understand that 100 percent. So, yeah, I have seen testing. I will say that um, at least in, in again, you know, in my own bubble and kind of my own inbox and clientele. Because as vaccines have become more more available, um, I have seen less requirements around testing or asks or expectations around testing. And usually it's because it's a logistics thing. Um, so, but I, I still have folks and, and probably well, will well into next year um, asking for testing. I actually want to work on a piece here in the coming weeks around on-site testing options for weddings because we're seeing that a lot, at least in my corner of the universe, we're seeing a lot at concerts. So you can like literally get a test outside a concert venue um, at some places here in Oregon. I haven't seen that for weddings yet. And I'd be really curious, like, can you hire a security guard to be outside of a wedding and check a vaccine card? Short answer is you definitely can. Longer answer is it's not even that expensive. Um, so I called a bunch of security firms here in Oregon and asked them that question. So um, yeah, I guess we'll see the, the ever evolving times of this conversation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you are going to have testing, you know, likely you're not going to want to be the one checking. So putting something in place and, and then also remembering that it's not on your coordinator to do that unless you've asked them and set up some sort of agreement and compensated them and they're comfortable with it and everything like that. So even if you do have like this on-site person, this is not part of their responsibility just automatically. And so there is this extra step of thinking about who is going to do it, where they're going to be placed. I mean, I I love the idea of the on-site testing because so many of the people that are coming to your wedding are having to take, you know, public transportation to get there or, you know, they're carpooling with another family or something. And like one family maybe didn't get tested and now one person could have it. And they sat in the car with all these people and gave it to another family. And like, this is actually a true story that I have... I heard about from a wedding earlier this year that I had relatives that went to. And so like, it's, it's something to really think about too. And this, I mean, this is a larger cultural conversation too, but like testing, getting a test, you know, 72 hours before, doesn't necessarily mean you're covered, you know, when you actually get on site onto your, at your event. And I just think that talking about this and realizing that there really are actually very viable solutions and 
even like the idea of just having that bouncer, like people are getting used to this. People, if they're going out to eat, they're showing people their vaccine card. If they're going on a plane, they're getting a negative test. So it's not too much to ask if that is what you feel will make you feel the most safe as well as the guests that you have there. It's going to always come back to this. It's just, it's the communication and like taking time to figure out what will feel the best for you and not being afraid to make that ask. I think that there's a lot of pressure. I mean, let's be real. There's a lot of pressure in weddings in general, just from what other people think you should do. And specifically around COVID, there's red tape here. People are kind of nervous to have a conflicting opinion and there's a lot of tension around it. And so if you just don't talk about it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And then it also could be a cause of regret for you as the couple afterward. What you just shared are the nightmares that are keeping people up at night. What I like to say to folks is you already have done the hard thing. You are at least talking about this, right? Which like is not to be discounted. I hesitate even to use the word even here, but even if the outcome is a COVID safety policy that says expect a 2019 style event, right? So for folks who 2019 feels like 3 million years ago, uh, I know that's true for me, um, no masks, no, no asking of proof or anything, maybe not even like asking for folks to be vaccinated. So this is a 2019 style. If that's where we land, which a lot of folks are landing because they know 100% of our guests are vaccinated and important, this is an important part of this, that wherever they're hosting their wedding, there's no legal bar against that, which can vary depending on where you are. I am an advocate of Thank you for at least saying that because like then they can make that choice for themselves because some guests see that and depending on the situation, like I think of my husband and I, we're fully vaccinated. We don't have children. We're not immunocompromised. So like that might work for us depending on the situation. But what wouldn't work for us is if we had no idea what this looked like, right? Because that would be really scary. But at least now I know, you know, and for a lot of folks that might not work. It might not work for my husband and I, right? So. Um, I just like to say that because I think sometimes people get in their heads of like, if I don't do all of the things, right? If I don't, so it's not fully masked. We don't do full vaccines. We don't do full testing. I'm a bad person. And I just, I think that stops people from wanting to have this conversation because I say that and like the energy and the motivation just like drains out of me. But like the the goal here is to, to keep going, you know, and to keep having the tough conversation. So if we beat ourselves up too early, that we're not doing enough or we're not, I think we defeat ourselves. The only exception I will make to this rule, and it has happened. I mean, my infamous story that I've talked about a ton is I had a couple threatened to sue me last year because we talked about masks at their wedding, right? So it does exist where, you know, folks like it's a point of pride for them not to talk about COVID and their wedding planning. And I would say to those folks, I am not the planner for you. And that is a boundary I have had to set up, you know, very strongly for my own mental health and well-being. But in my experience, and again, it it may be my bubble, lots of folks are more in the middle. They want to talk about this stuff. They just don't know how to do it. So that's why I try and help facilitate those conversations. Can you give our listeners um, the information on how to find all of those things and, you know, find your website and everything? Totally. Happy to. Um, So the easiest place to go is just my website. So that's my full fancy name, ElizabethKramer.com. I'm sure it will be all over the episode, but it's Elizabeth with an S and Kramer with a K because I like to keep it fun. So if you go there, um, they're front and center. So it'll be, I think it's like what I do. And then I think like literally the second tab on mobile or like the second header on, on desktop is COVID resources. And if you click that, 
that will get you to kind of the roll up of main length and the top top link there will send you to the full suite of honestly overwhelming probably i'm a magazine editor by trade uh, i look at it sometimes i'm like wow it's too many words for me but it's all there and i've tried to do every variety that i have come across that's where you go it's all there i often like my, my inbox, I'm always happy to chat with folks too. Um, and sometimes people like to level up with me. And so I've started doing these consulting calls that um, people rent my brain for an hour. And if they want to talk more in depth about what they're going through, I'm happy to do that. So, um, but yeah, go to my website, you'll find it there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for all this incredible work that you've already done and just your spirit of sharing it for the greater good of our society of our world i mean putting you know everyone for those who can't see yes hair flip (laughs) toss to us thank just thank you so much oh thank you and i uh, i want to thank you both for um giving space for this conversation i've been very lucky in the past year that a lot of folks have wanted to talk about this um, podcasts you know media outlets all types of folks but um you know in the wedding industry particularly for a wedding industry focused podcast, I haven't always been welcomed in to talk about this, which, you know, I I get like, I look at my financials every week, too. And like, COVID's really bad for business. You know, arguably, that is changing, right, of course, but um, I just appreciate it. I know it's not fun. And I know it's not easy. And I just appreciate you guys giving space to this, because it's very easy for people to feel alone if they're still dealing with some very understandable concerns, you know, so thanks. Thanks to you both today. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to thebudgetsavvybride.com community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, And we look forward to chatting again soon.